0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Lighthouse Bible Church this morning. I do want to remind everybody who's on Skype, if you would, to please um, mute your, your microphone and make sure your camera's off so we can uh, make sure everybody can hear and see. Um, let's begin by praying together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your gifts. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord, most of all. We want to thank you, Father, for who you are, for your love and righteousness and justice. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit being provided to us. We thank you for your word that's alive and powerful. We thank you for one another as all members of the body of Christ together. We ask this morning, Father, that the Holy Spirit would guide and direct the goings on here, the teaching on the word and uh, fellowship with one another and the thanksgiving. We we also ask, Father, for your Oversight and intervention for all those who are in any kind of difficulty or suffering this morning in any way. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Well, a lot of you know that uh, Paul King was in the hospital this week, and we've been praying for him and Margie. And uh, he sent a little note this morning, so I'm going to read it to you. Dear Lighthouse White House Bible Church, thank you for all your prayers as I've been dealing with my diabetic challenges I've encountered recently. Your prayers have helped reduce my blood sugar down from 600 to 142 because the normal level is between 80 and 120. So you can see that your prayers have been effective for me. May God bless you all. I look forward to seeing you all again soon. Stay well. With love, Paul King. Yeah, we pray, we pray for lots of people, and then sometimes we get hear the results of it, which is really nice. I wanted to pass that along this morning. Uh, th- this is the last Sunday of January, so next Sunday, February 6th, first Sunday of February, we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper at that time, at the end of our service next Sunday. All right, let's begin. If you would uh, turn again in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, we're going to start with verse 12 this morning. John, chapter 8, verse 12 give you a moment to get there john 8 12 and the title of today today's message as we always do is from the passage we're going to be reading today it's actually in the very first verse i am the light of the world spoken by our lord jesus christ i am the light of the world john chapter eight starting in verse 12 john 8 12 then jesus again spoke to them saying i am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, you are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from, heaven, and where I'm going, heaven. But you do not know where I come from. Or where I am going, even though he's told them already, you judge according to the flesh. I'm not judging anyone, but even if I do judge, my judgment is true for I am not alone in it, but I am the father who sent me. I am he who testifies about myself and the father who sent me testifies about me. So they were saying to to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know, neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Once again, as we've seen a couple of times already, Jesus chose a metaphor that's universal. I mean, everyone knows what light is. Just like everyone knows what bread is and what water is. We also know how basic each one of those things is to sustaining life to our very existence. Water to drink, bread to eat, and light so that we can see our way. These are everyday ordinary things and they're universal. Everybody knows them. But they become extraordinary things when Jesus says two simple words about them i am these things i am these things please turn to john chapter 6 verse 53 john chapter 6 verse 53 we're going to briefly take this look back to see jesus talking about the water and the bread and then back to our passage today the light we begin in john chapter 6 verse 63 john 6 63 53 John six fifty-three. I am the, the living bread that came down out of heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh I am the living bread that came down out of heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever Notice living forever, the bread, which will also which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And in our passage today, Jesus talks about light in pretty much the same way that he's the light of the world. He gives he gives his bread for the life of the world. He's the light of the world. And he says, he who follows me will have the light of life. I will give my life for the world, the life of the world. And he is the living bread. Notice the connection with life when Jesus says, I am these things. Please turn to John chapter 7, verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. We were here not too long ago. This was the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, where water featured prominently. And on the last day, the great day of the Feast, Verse 37, Jesus stood and he cried out, saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Notice he personalizes it again. Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Notice again, he identifies himself as the source of the water. And he says, if anyone believes in me, that's akin to drinking the water. From his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Again, we see when the Lord personalizes one of these basic things, it turns into life. It turns into life. Okay, let's go back to our passage this morning. John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world he who follows me will not walk in the darkness but will have the light of life this is a bold provocative statement it's also the truth i am ego i in the greek is the way that yahweh identified himself in the old testament in terms of his yahweh being the personal name of the lord i am jesus says those words I am. That basically alone is a statement here of the fact that he's God. He's the Lord. But that he goes on and he says I am the light. He doesn't say a light. The light. And and he doesn't say the light just of the of, of where he is at the moment. He says I'm the light of the whole world. An dashes thing to say. You know a lot of times people say Jesus, you know, he was a great teacher, he had a lot of compassion. But but if he says these things and they're not true he is not a great teacher at all is he so so but these things are true he is the light of the world and then he says he who follows me that's a that's a good expression for those who believe in him will not walk in the darkness but will have the light of life when jesus talks about these items these metaphors for things they come alive literally they become bread Becomes living bread. Water becomes living water. Light is now the light life of the world. Everything came into being through him, through the Son of God. Light came into being through God and the Son. Water came into being through the Lord. Bread as well. That was at the very beginning. But then one day, that very Son of God, the Word, became flesh. Why did he come? He came to bring real life to the world. Bread, he said this, bread will keep you alive for a day. Water will keep you alive for a day. But but he brings water that will never, you'll never thirst again. Bread for the life of the world. Life eternal. He came to bring eternal life. And so when he talks about these things in terms of himself, now he's he's bringing things to a new level. Not talking about physical life anymore, but eternal life, spiritual life. With his appearance, the word became flesh and his words. We see that he, everything that he talks about is ultimately about his identity and that we've seen this a lot in the gospel of John already. He what John is bringing out in his gospel when he presents the episodes and the discussions and the teaching of the Lord centers around who he is, who is Jesus. I don't know if you remember when we first started our study of the Gospel of John. We saw that that even even at the very beginning, the whole issue was who is Jesus? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. That's Jesus. And the word was God. When he talks about his relationship with the father, he's talking about who he is, his identity. He uses these these metaphors of bread talking about who he is. I am the living bread. or or water I have bring I bring the water that leads to eternal life and I am the light of the world with all of that carries with his appearance and his words the focus that becomes his identity this is who I am will you believe the truth of who I am at the very end of the gospel John writes these things have been written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and that believing you may have what life in his name you see, the, see the, it's a simple, simple principle. But like a lot of things, uh, the simplest things become the most profound. Bread is simple. But when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, it becomes profound. And, and so that's, the, that's what is happening in the Gospel of John. He's revealing himself first to his disciples. Then he's revealing himself at the wedding feast at Cana to a few people in Galilee. Then he comes down to, Israel, to Jerusalem and Judea, and he reveals himself in a, in, in a certain way um, to those people. He's always just revealing himself and asking them, believe in me, believe in who I am. I'd like you to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Now, let's go to John chapter 1. I'm sorry. Yeah, John chapter 1. So we'll get there in a second. John chapter 1, verse 4. John chapter 1, verse verse 4. Who is Jesus? He is the real bread, the bread of eternal life. Who is Jesus? He has the living water that springs up to eternal life. Who is Jesus? John 1, 4. In him was life itself, and the life was the light of men. See, see, uh, we, we get this information at the very beginning of the gospel. Now, listen. John is recording events where Jesus was presenting his identity and entreating the people that were in front of him at that time to believe in him as the son of God and as the Christ, the Messiah. But John, when he's writing the gospel, is also doing the same thing. Now, because everyone who ever heard his gospel, read his gospel after a certain point of time, actually ever, because when he wrote, never got to see Jesus himself never heard the words that Jesus spoke. And so in the grace and mercy of the Lord, he has John write this gospel. We're at the very beginning. We get everything we need to know about who Jesus is. And then we see, it, we see it unfolding in the narrative of his life. So right here at the beginning, these astounding things are written for our benefit. In him was life itself. And that life was the light of men that's why he came and he says i am i am the light of the world he's saying that life itself is in me and i've come to give you this life now the story of light in the bible begins in the old testament in the book of genesis i'm going to go there in just a minute but we need to always keep in mind that when jesus was speaking to his jewish audience they didn't have the gospel of john and so as a result, very often we need to reflect. And that, and then John explains that the, New, the Old Testament gave them everything they needed to know. So while they didn't have the Gospel of John, they did have the Old Testament. And it's to our benefit to go back and say, what would they have understood about light in the context of the Lord and his work? And so we're going to do we're going to study this morning of that question. Now, he's identifying himself now has the Lord God, Yahweh, the creator, when he says, I am the light of the world. And while the people that he spoke to did not have John chapter one, they did have Genesis one. And I'd like you to turn there now. Genesis chapter one, verse one. Genesis chapter one, verse one. I am Yahweh. I am. I am the Lord God. I am the light of the world. And not only that, but he created the light he created the heavens and the earth let's look at genesis chapter one keeping in mind that 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 jesus the word of god and all things came into being through him look at genesis chapter one verse one in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth The earth from which the water would flow and the earth from which the bread would be grown. He created that. God, yes, here, John tells us that that everything was created through the word of God, the son of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. Notice that it begins in the darkness. That's significant. When we get back to the Gospel of John, bring that that what we see here, the darkness, bring that with us, because it's going to be important to almost everything that John records about Jesus' words concerning the light. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters, and it's darkness. And then God said, let there be light. And in an instant, there was light. See, 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 in the book of Genesis, we have recorded the most amazing things, the creation of man. Yes, the creation of the animals, but even the creation of light itself. Light. Everything was dark. And then and the, the word of God spoke, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. He separated them. And he called the light day and the darkness he called night. By the way, sometimes you might want to do a study on the word night, N-I-G-H-T. So often it is associated with 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 evil. For example, at when um, when uh, Judas was with the twelve on the night before the Lord was going to die for the sin of the world, the Lord said, what you do, do quickly. The Lord knew he was about to betray him. And he wanted him to leave Judas before he got into the teachings that he was going to give his disciples, his apostles, about what would come after he ascended into heaven. He didn't want Judas there for that. And and the Bible records Judas left and it was night. So the word night carries with it the association with the darkness, obviously, but not just not just physical darkness, but spiritual darkness as well. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning one day. You have to wonder when Jesus was in the treasury, but in the temple and he spoke those words, I am the light. Of the world. I wonder if they made the connection. I wonder if that image from Genesis chapter 1. When the Lord said let there be light. And there was light. I wonder if they made that connection here. Because he is saying I am the light. Not just a light. I am the light of the world. So he was was worldwide. Earthwide if you want to say it that way. And what he was saying about who he is. I wonder if they made the connection. I wonder if they considered that. He is saying he's the source of the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Did they consider that God himself is the source of light? Let there be light. John would write later about this. I'd like you to turn now to 1 John. 1 John, not the Gospel of John, but 1 John. I say that because in my study, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm reading, and there's references to scriptures, Half the time when I see first, especially studying God, the gospel of John, when I see first John, it slips. And I think, oh, John 1, 5 actually happened to me this week. And I went to John 1, 5. And I says, well, that's similar, but it's not the same point here. So you always have to put that one or two or three because John wrote three letters. First John 1, 5. This is what he would later write after he wrote the gospel of John. Notice this is the message we have heard from him and announced him, by the way, is Jesus. Whom they touched and they saw, we have heard from him and now announced to you. Notice what the message was. God is light. I am the light of the world. God is light. And notice right after that, he makes the contrast. God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. In him was life. This is now the son of God, Jesus. And the life was the light of men. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is life itself, and in him there is no spiritual death at all. God is light, and Jesus is light. You can't get any more direct than that. I mean, what is the clear, logical conclusion here? If God is light, the light, the only light, created it, and Jesus is light, the only light, then what's, what's the conclusion? Huh? This is not complicated, guys. If God is light and Jesus is the light, who is Jesus? Thank you. Jesus is God. Again, he's sending that message. That anyone who had eyes to see and ears to hear would understand when he says, I am the light, especially when he begins it with I am, which is the name of, personal name of the Lord in the Old Testament. And he goes on and he says, I'm the light, not a light, the light, and of the whole world. They had if they had eyes to see and ears to hear, they would have made that connection. God is light. Jesus is light. Jesus is God. Or perhaps they recalled a passage, different passages in the book of Psalms that spoke also about light. Please turn to Psalm chapter 27, Psalm 27, verse one. You're just going to read one verse. Jesus says, I am the light. Of the world psalm chapter 27 verse 1 also talks about the light and you have to wonder how many people in that audience that day made the connection now in that audience that day were people who were well versed in the scriptures remember they they, they were in the temple after all the center of jewish religious life the pharisees were there the the, the chief priests may have been there So they should at least have somewhat of a familiarity with the concept of light in in Genesis and I think also in the Psalms. Look at Psalm 27, one. The Lord is my light. Notice what else? And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? The Lord, Yahweh, the great I am. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, here in Psalm 27, the Lord is not only identified as light, but also what? The Lord is my light and my salvation, right? Salvation. What is that saying? It is saying that the light is also associated with salvation itself. Now, keep that in mind. What we're going to do is we're going to build a case from the Old Testament that they should have understood things about the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, I am the light of the world. He wasn't just wasn't as if that wasn't enough. He's saying he's the Lord God, Yahweh of the Old Testament. And he's also saying, I bring salvation to the whole world. I am the light of the world. They didn't have John chapter 4, that audience, that John chapter 1, verse 4, that audience that day. But they did have Psalm 36. Please turn to Psalm 36, verse 7 psalm 36 verse 7. now by this time in the gospel of john chapter 8 the people in jerusalem had already seen amazing things they they had seen the lord heal a lame man They, they, they they understood him already to have declared and he is the bread of life he has said many times the, the the father who sent me and i we're together in fact in fact after he healed the lame man by the pool of siloam and then then the Pharisees interviewed that man and said, "Why are you walking around with your with your rug on the Sabbath day And they told him that this man healed him and then later on he identified the man as Jesus and then they went after Jesus and they attacked him and first they attacked him for healing on the Sabbath and then based on the words he said they conveyed the connection that he's actually saying he's God. Now they had already seen that. It should have already been in their consciousness. That at least this, per- this person is declaring himself to be God. so And then, of course, he goes about proving it with the miracles as well. But notice Psalm 36, verse 7. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house. And you give them to drink of the water of the river of your delights. Notice verse nine for with you is the fountain of life for with you, Lord, Yahweh is the fountain of life itself in your light. We see light here again. The, the, the light is identified with the Lord. And notice here it's also identified with grace, your loving kindness and with life itself. The fountain of life, life. In him, in Christ, the Son of God was life. And that life was the light of men. Or again in Psalm 44. Go forward to Psalm 44, verse 3. Psalm 44, 3. For by their own sword, they did not possess the land. This is when Joshua brought the nation of Israel into the promised land. It wasn't their own military prowess that did it for them. By their own sword, they did not possess the land. Their own arm did not save them. But you, Lord, your right hand and your arm and the light of your presence, for you favored them. It was the hand of the Lord, his strength, his arm and the light of his presence. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. What is that saying? I am also the one who saves. right? Just as we saw already in, in Psalm 27, the connection not only with life, but also salvation. You save them with your right hand and your arm, Lord, in the light of your presence. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then there's Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. If you've ever made a study of Psalm 119, it's all about God's word. The, the whole thing is about God's word. And and and, and there is a, a set of verses that are, de- that are dedicated to God's word. There are, of course, we see here 105. There's actually more than that. As a matter of fact, there's a, there is a... a a set of eight verses for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And and, and, and and the sentences begin with that letter. It's an amazing accomplishment. Divinely inspired. It's all about the word of God. And it's from start to finish, from Alpha and Omega. Look at Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is what? A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There was the darkness and the Lord spoke. Let there be light. And there was light. And now your word, Lord, is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a light to my path. In other words, light is also associated with what? The word of God. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. What is he saying? You say the same thing by we already know right if we we read the gospel of john and in chapter one at the very beginning what in the beginning was the word right it's it, it verse one anyway yes he's the he's light and life but first he's the word of god so we already know this but the people he's talking to don't and so that the but the association with with things like psalm 109 verse one, 119 verse 105 should have given them clues your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Light is associated with the word of God. I want to think of all the things that they should have understood from the Old Testament. We're not done yet already. But what it meant for Jesus to say, I am the light, the light of the whole world. He was saying, I'm Yahweh. The most, the most um, dramatic statement he says first, I am. That means he, And we've seen already the connections in the Old Testament. We've seen what John had to say in First John. I am the light, Yahweh. We saw that the, the light is associated with salvation. He's saying, I am the fountain of salvation. I am the fountain of life. I am the bread of life. I am the light that brings life to the world. And then finally, I am the word of God. I am the word of the Lord. He would say later with his disciples in that upper room, I am the way. Salvation, the truth, the word of God and the life, the life of the light of God. Yahweh, salvation, life and the word of God. All these things (laughs) was what he was really saying about himself, his identity. When he says, I am the light of the world, he is declaring that he's Yahweh, the Lord of the Old Testament. He brings salvation itself. He has come to bring life itself, not physical life, but eternal life. And he himself is the word of the Lord. All light. And the glory of the Lord shines forth as light all the way from Genesis, all the way through the Psalms. And as we're going to see in a moment in the prophets, too. Light, Lord, light. The light is the Lord, the Savior, the life, the word. And as we know, Jesus is Lord. If he says, I am the light of the world, and he's saying, I am the Lord. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the Word. And again, I want to emphasize this all comes from the Old Testament. The associations of light in the Old Testament, when Jesus identifies himself as the light, he's identifying himself all these ways, all these things. The whole, the whole Gospel of John is for people to understand who jesus is and here we have four amazing things that just that statement i am the light of the world reveal okay well again i mentioned it's not just the the genesis in the psalms it's also in the prophets we're studying the prophet isaiah on thursday evenings in our bible study and there's a passage in the in the prophet isaiah where the lord god calls his servant a light he calls his servant a light these are, remember, these are the servant songs. There's four of them in the, in the book of Isaiah. They're all talking about this servant of the Lord who, by the time you get to chapter 53, becomes the suffering servant who dies for the transgressions of the people. Let's look at let's look at chapter 49 of the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, verse 49 verses six, chapter 49, verses six to seven. Isaiah 49, verses 6 to 7. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6 and 7. Give you a second to get there. Jesus again said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life, eternal life. Isaiah 49, verses 6 to 7, the Lord says of his servant, he says, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also make you a light to the nations so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Notice that nations and earth. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And the, and, the, and the Lord God spoke to his servant, the suffering servant. It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob only and restore the preserved ones of Israel only. He will do that. But not only that, the Lord is making his servant, the Lord Jesus Christ, A light of the nations, all the nations of the world, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. What does the light bring here? Salvation to the ends of the earth. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life, eternal life. Then he goes on in verse seven. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and its Holy One to the despised one. To the one abhorred by the nation. To the servant of rulers. He's talking about his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he takes flesh. The servant of the Lord is the Messiah. The one who will suffer for the sins of the world. He's the despised one. He was despised and forsaken. The one who created the world came to his own and they rejected him. To the despised one, to the one abhorred by the nation. The nation itself rejected him through its leaders. To the servant, yet he's the servant of rulers. What does that mean? It means that he died for everybody, including the rulers that rejected him, and even the ones who put him to death. The servant of rulers, notice, kings will see and arise. Princes will also bow down. Because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. This is God the Father speaking to his son. And he's saying, yes, you will have to suffer on earth as God in the flesh. You will die. But then the day will come when kings will see you and they will stand up for you and the princes will bow down to you because the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, has chosen you. Jesus is the chosen one, the elect of God in his humanity now. And one day he will return. And then when he comes, the kings of the earth will rise and the princes will bow bow down to him. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the father. He's the light of the nations. And as again, I said already, this light, this suffering servant brings salvation to the ends of the earth. The Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. The suffering servant, the light, brings salvation to the ends of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He who follows me, believes in me, will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Please go to John chapter 1, verse 29. John chapter one, verse twenty nine. This is the herald John the Baptist who prepared the way for the light of the world. Notice John chapter one, verse twenty nine, what he says when he sees Jesus coming to him. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world of the world. Yes, Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the son of God. But he's also the suffering servant who will take away the sin of the world. The suffering servant, the light, brings salvation to the ends of the earth. And we'll see more of this. In fact, we'll see more of it this morning. But that that description of Jesus as the light, it is something that shines brightly across the Gospel of John. This is one of the major, major Identity statements that is made about the Lord Jesus Christ and by him in the gospel of John Jesus as the light we see it throughout the gospel of John we've seen it already in the introduction of the light in chapter one. I want to go back now to chapter one and look at verse five. Now we're going to look at the gospel of John and want to see the progression of how the light of the world is revealed As the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at John chapter 1 verse 5. John chapter 1 verse 5. As we go there. Put in your head the picture of Genesis 1. Everything was darkness. And then the Lord said let there be light. And there was light. Look at John chapter 1 verse 5. He's already said that the word The word was the life of of the world. He was the light, the life. The light is the life. And notice what he says. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. In other words, no sooner does John introduce the light that he introduces the darkness. Just like in Genesis. There's always that association between light and darkness. Again, not, we see he uses, of course, the physical universe to make that display. But we're talking about spiritual things. We're talking about the spiritual light and this dark, the, spiritual, the darkness and the spiritual realm. realm right? We, the darkness, the, the darkness of, of evil, the darkness of Satan, the darkness of the princes of the power of the air, the darkness of man without Christ. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. You see, right here, John introduces the total incompatibility between light and darkness. Where there is light, there cannot be darkness. And where there is darkness, there can't be light. They're incompatible. They're, as, as you might say in mathematics, mutually exclusive. It's one or the other. This introduces it. But we're going to see this again and again. From here on in the Gospel of John, almost all of the passages that speak of the light also contrast the light. With the darkness please go to john chapter 3 verse 18 john chapter 3 verse 18. and jesus said i am the light of the world he who follows me will not walk in the darkness but will have the light of life the darkness is associated with spiritual death the light is associated with eternal life john chapter 3 verse 18. He who believes in him, God's son, is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. I want you to notice judgment here. And I want you to notice why. Because Jesus said, I don't judge anyone. right? But even if I did, my judgment would be true because it's not just me, but the father. I don't judge any anything unless the father judges. But notice here, why are people judged? Ultimately, he who believes in Christ is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already. In other words, they basically judge themselves. You know, at another point in time, uh, Jesus earlier on the Gospel of John, Jesus is going to say, you know, who's going to judge you on the last day. It's not going to be me, really. It's going to be the words of Moses. Because if you would believe what Moses wrote and said, you would have believed me. You see, it's a decision to believe or not believe that determines whether someone is judged or not, determines whether someone remains in the darkness or comes to the light. Notice, let's continue. Verse 19. This is the judgment. That the light, the light has come into the world. I am the light of the world. What happened when the light came into the world? Well, men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. Notice the darkness associated with men whose deeds are evil. Again, the connection between darkness and evil. But this is a shock, and this never ceases to shock me when I see this, that the Lord who created man, the Lord who created everything, the Lord who was coming to save man, men, they, when they, when he came, when that light comes into the world, when they see who he is, when he speaks, he's the, he's the one who enlightens every man. What happened? The men loved the darkness rather than the light. This shows you, actually, the, the wickedness of fallen man. That even when the light itself comes, they would rather stay in the darkness. Why? For their deeds were evil. Verse 20. For everyone who does evil hates the light. And does not come to the light. Why? For fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light. So that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. This is the judgment. Light has come into the world. The men love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. Therefore they hate the light. They don't come to the light. Why? For fear that his deeds will be exposed. This is tremendous insight into why it is that people don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the first part of the gospel message is we're all what? Born sinners, right? Well, the gospel message confronts every man and every woman with the truth that they're a sinner. And that the truth is that they can't save themselves and they need a savior and and but the problem is is that most people don't want to face that they want to think of themselves as pretty good you know they, they want to think of themselves as a kind of a mixture between light and darkness maybe more light than darkness right they never want to face the fact that without christ it's all darkness <coughs> they don't want to face that they don't want to be exposed that truth about them that's why people don't believe in christ now Talking about the gospel, see, so often we want to convince them mentally, right? We want to describe Jesus, we want to prove that he's God from <coughs> the Old Testament, we want to prove that he rose from the dead. All those things are good, but they don't get at the heart of the issue, which is that the, the Holy Spirit has to convict people of sin. <coughs> and the message, the word of the cross, is what saves people. And then he who practices the truth comes to the light. So that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Jesus is the light. He enlightens every man. What that means is that everyone has an opportunity to make the decision to come to light, Because he enlightens every man. But also, nobody can hide from the truth. The word of God is alive and powerful. Exposing each and every person. What's in their heart. No one can hide from that truth. And then... Once the light has come and enlightened a man and he cannot hide any more from the truth, he'd like to hide his evil deeds, but he cannot hide from the truth and he must choose. Will it be light <coughs> or will it be darkness? In other words, everybody judges themselves. You know, we would like to think that, by the way, well, some people are more evil than others. and right? God's going to judge them because they're evil. That's not true. What's the judgment? that they won't come to the light. They stay in the darkness. And here's the thing, before we get too high on our horse, we need to remember something. All men begin life, begin life in the darkness. You began it in the darkness. I began it in the darkness. Why? Because without Christ, without the light of the world, we're in the darkness. And every man and woman begins life in the darkness. So, so it's not as if we are born as children of light. Nobody is, except Jesus was. We're all born in the darkness. And again, I'm talking about spiritual darkness, right? The, the darkness of being dead and our trespasses and sins, that kind of darkness. We're dead in sin, all of us. We're without Christ, all of us. What that means is if the light hadn't come in, we would all remain in the darkness. If Jesus Christ hadn't come and revealed himself for who he is, and died for our sins and then has been raised from the dead and then the message has gone out the gospel message has gone out to the whole world then if that hadn't happened we would all remain in the darkness forever dead and sin without christ the tragedy is that even when the light comes most men prefer the darkness to the light, even after it comes. Because as we've already seen, they're afraid. They're afraid of having their sinfulness exposed. And that fear overrides the truth that they have a savior. It's 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 stunning to think about it. That just tells you, again, the perversity of human nature. Because you know what? Naturally, all of us would still be here. I mean, look, if, if we didn't have the... Conviction of the Holy Spirit, and yes, believe, we would be in the same boat. So don't think more highly of yourselves than you ought to. This is a universal thing about man, fallen man. You know, when when Adam and the woman sinned, the first thing they did was try to cover up. Right? That's that's, that's fallen man. Cover up. I don't want to be exposed. I just don't. It's the worst thing that ever happened to me. All right. That's why they hate the light. Because the light exposes everything. Then there are those who believe in Christ. They come to the light. They believe in Christ. That means they come to the light. And you know, after we come to the light, as the as the book of Ephesians says in chapter 2, we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. At the same time, we, we can now walk in the deeds that the God the Father has prepared for us. What does that mean? Well, it means that once we're born again, we become new creatures. We become the new man or part of the new man. The New man is is Christ where we are associated with the new man. We're in the new man. And since that is the case, now we are, as it were, predisposed to, 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 to do good deeds, not for salvation, but afterwards. Doesn't mean everybody does it, but we all <laughs> as aware were, the, the playing field is tilted. Big time for us to to walk in the good deeds that God has performed for us. Why? It's prepared for us. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit inside. Because we have the word of God. Because we're in union with Christ. You don't think that matters? See, it fundamentally matters. We are different from the unbeliever. Completely. If anyone is in Christ, what? New creation. All things have passed away. New things have come. Right. Walk by means of the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. So those who believe in Christ come to the light and then their deeds will be manifested as having been wrought in God. What does that mean? Again, the deeds that they now have are actually created by God for them. Jesus is the light. He enlightens every man. No one can hide from the truth, but they have to choose. Will it be light or will it be darkness? All right, let's go back now to chapter 8 in our passage one more time. John chapter 8, verse 12. This light versus darkness, of course, manifests itself in what we've been seeing when, when Jesus speaks the truth. The different reactions, right? Like night and day. Some of them believed him. This is the Christ. Others say, we don't believe him. As a matter of fact, we hate him. We want to put him to death. Think about it. Same message, same identity. Whew, night and day reactions. Why? Because there's darkness and then there's light. right? All men begin in the darkness. Those who don't want their deeds exposed Don't believe in Christ. Remain in the darkness. The darkness is the place of death, the place of evil. John 8, 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. And notice, he who follows me, believes in me, will what? Not walk in the darkness. No longer will they be in the darkness. But will have the light of life. Believers. Do not walk in darkness ever again. Once you believe in Christ, you'll never be in the darkness again. Why? Because you have the light of life. Notice, he who follows me will not walk in darkness. That is a blanket statement. You won't walk in darkness. Why? Because you have the light of life. You, you, you have the light of eternal life now. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Unbelievers walk in the darkness. They have absolutely no light. Why? Because the light was the life of the world. And that eternal life comes from my believing in Christ. Unbelievers, therefore, don't have any light and they remain in the darkness. Let's go to chapter 12. We're going to see this. It's remarkable how almost all the time when Jesus identified as the light, There's also the darkness, that there's that choice that has to be made and that there are some who remain in the darkness and some that come to the light. John chapter 12, verse 35. This is the last time before Christ goes to the cross that he will be publicly speaking their last opportunity to walk while they have the light so they don't remain in the darkness. John chapter 12, verse 35. So Jesus said to them, the Jews, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness will not overtake you. Because he who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light. Notice so that you may become what? Sons of light. Can you see that once you believe in Christ, you have the light of life and you're a son or a daughter of light itself. That's so there's no you you can't be both. You can't be in the darkness once you uh, become son of light, just so that you can understand this. This is why eternal we talk about eternal security. We talk about the fact that once you, you when when you believe in Christ, you have eternal life and it can never be taken away because your very nature now is light in that sense now you're not the light okay but but you have the light of life you have the life that is associated with the light of the world well you have the light believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. but notice when he's talking to the jews he's just saying for a little while longer the light is among you walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you for he who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. You see, when you're dead in your trespasses and sins, you're incapable of, of knowing where you're going, of what, what, which direction your life is going, and why you do the things that you do. It's only when you have the light that you can see the truth about all that. When you believe in the light, you become a son of light. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, and darkness cannot overtake you. Look at John chapter 12, a few verses down, verse 44. John 12, 44. And Jesus cried out and he said, he who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. Here we have the tremendous humility of the Lord. You know, he's basically saying, I and the father are one, but you have to remember that the father sent me. He, you know the reason I'm here is because the Father sent me to bring life and light to the world. He who believes in me does not believe in me only but in him who sent me. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. Throughout the gospel, when Je- Jesus is recorded again and again is saying, "I am the one who was sent by God the Father. I was from heaven, he sent me to earth, and I'm going back to him. He who sees me sees the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. Not remain in darkness. Why? Because darkness cannot prevail against the light. Right? I mean, even in the natural world, okay, you're in a dark room and someone turns the light on. And you might wonder, what happened to the darkness? Where did it go? It's gone. <laughs> Darkness cannot prevail against the light, whether we're talking in natural terms or spiritual terms. Please turn to Psalm eighteen as we close this morning. Psalm verse eight chapter eighteen, verse twenty-eight. Psalm eighteen, twenty eight. Darkness cannot prevail against the light. Darkness covered the deep, and then the Lord God said, let there be light, and there was light. And darkness can't prevail against the light. Evil can't prevail against the Lord, against the the light. So so you'll never again be in a situation of spiritual death once you have seen the light, believed in the light, and become sons of light. Look at Psalm 18, 28. For you, Lord, light my lamp. I become a child of light. The Lord, my God, illumines my darkness. There it is again. Once the Lord lights your lamp, once the Lord makes you a child of God, he illuminates your darkness, he illumines your darkness, and the darkness goes away. And you'll never face that darkness again. You have eternal life and can never lose it. We're going to end with John chapter 10, verse 28. John chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus says, he's talking about his sheep, the ones who believe in him, the ones who know his voice. And I give eternal life to them and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. You, if, When you believe in Christ and you're given eternal life, you will never lose it. Because Jesus gives eternal life to you through the Father. You will never perish. No one will ever snatch you out of the hand of the Lord. All right, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you did send us the light, your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We were the people in darkness, but we've seen the bright light. We've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have become children of light. We are light in the Lord. And what that means is that we have eternal life and can never lose it. And you've declared us to be perfectly righteous in your sight. And we stand in your righteousness today and every day. Nothing can ever come between us and your love. We, we ask, Father, that in the days to come, that we would be reminded by the Spirit of who we are. In the Gospel of John, we find out who Jesus is. And then we find out that we become children of light when we believe in Jesus Christ. And we now are adopted by you as your adopted sons and daughters. We are in union with Christ forever. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We, the old things have passed away. The new things have come. We have an inheritance. Please remind us of these things, Father, because when we get into the light, into the dark world, we're not of the darkness. We're not in the darkness, but we still have to be in the world. And the world is a dark, dark place. And if we're not reminded of these facts about who we are, our identity in Christ, then we will be the ones that can be can have the fiery darts hit us in our hearts and take away our joy. Please don't let that happen, Father. Please help us to continue to see Jesus Christ above where our life is. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Remember to to always speak the truth of the gospel when you have an opportunity. You may have one today. You may have a person who's in the darkness who needs to know about the light. And we have the privilege as ambassadors of Christ to bring that message it's the message of hope. It's the message. It's a good news and it has to do with the with the light coming to dispel the darkness that Jesus Christ was born of a woman. We're all born sinners. Jesus Christ was born of a woman. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Everybody. He died for the sins of the world. He died. For your sins and he was raised from the dead by God the father and anyone who believes in Jesus Christ simply believes on who he is that he is the son of God that he is the savior whoever believes in Jesus Christ will never perish but have eternal life and the Lord God will see you in his righteousness from that moment on he has forgiven you of all your sins believe in the Lord Jesus Christ that's the gospel message that we have to preach all right again reminder as I do every week Thursday evenings we have a Bible study we have it on Skype you can come here it's in the next it's in the in the conference room that you pass by so we, we invite you to come but at any rate you you do also have Skype available we also broadcast it as we do this morning so please come we're looking at the at the prophet Isaiah we're in the portion of Isaiah now where he is the where the Lord is declaring through Isaiah his tremendous plans for the nation of Israel in the future. The blessings that are going to come. It's tremendous the, the the heights of poetic description that are in the passages we're looking at now unmatched. And so have your heart renewed by joining us to hear these words, but the spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. All right, let's close. Heavenly Father, as we close today, we we ask you to, again, guide us and help us to see all the places in our lives where where the light, the truth illuminates and and that it, it, it does challenge us, even as your children, to have a change of heart, to understand who we really are and understand how it is that we can lay aside the old man, have our minds renewed and put on the new man. We also ask this morning, Father, for your care and protection, and we ask, uh, we intercede for the saints, we, we pray, we know that, that we're all in a battle, it's not against flesh and blood, Father, but it's against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places, and we, we ask for everybody, everybody in the body of Christ, Father, that we would all... Together, encourage one another to put on the full armor and that we would be protected by the message of salvation and the good news of reconciliation. All the things that are that are given us through your armor. And we just pray for each other. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. You're you're uh, dismissed. I'm out there into the cold weather, but at least you have the light. Warm you up a little. Just don't go in the darkness. Don't go in the shade. Just stay in the light.